If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only michael lohan how are you david you're we were just talking you're in texas where you live you're in 103 degree weather yeah it's it's hot down here very hot I mean, does that make you miss, you know, Long Island, New York? I know you lived in LA for part of the part of yeah, your time. I'm a beach kind of guy, and I love the the water. And I mean, the nearest body of water here is Galveston, and it's like brown water, and you have to be careful with the bacteria count down there. So you know, it's it's kind of tough, you know. But it's it's a beautiful area. People are great here, but I miss home. I miss the water. You know, whether it be in Boca Raton, Florida, where we were, or um, in Southampton, Long Island, Cold Spring Harbor, Long Island. It's just beautiful out there. And, you know, it's nice to be able to just, you know, take a stroll down to the beach, just walk right over to the beach. You can't do that here. You can't do that. See, and here I am in the Hamptons. And do you know that I'm not even a beach person? Believe it or don't not. Don't get me jealous. You're getting me homesick now. Don't do that. You're going to come. You're going to come visit. We're going to meet. I mean, we were referred to each other by Rachel Yucatel. So, like, let's give her a shout out. We love our Rachel. Yeah, Rachel's awesome. I like, you know, my show, because she has a great podcast now, Misunderstood with Rachel. You could tell my show is similar. Like, I like to talk to people where there's this public persona and, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there and it may not be exactly accurate or, you know, we're all humans. There's a lot, you know, to a human being behind the public headlines. I feel like, you know, you kind of like the first that I remember hearing of you really was back in the day you know, when you were kind of, you know, when you were incarcerated, like the way back, you know, for not talking, you know, you know, you were being investigated for insider trading and you didn't really want to talk. Basically, you didn't want to rat a bunch of people out. You were held in contempt of court. When you think back to that time in your life, like, do you have vivid memories of that time or does that truly seem like another lifetime to you? Well, both. I mean, it was another lifetime. It was in the past, but at the same time, I mean, it's very vivid. I can remember, I can remember everything. You know, when you're a contempt case, they don't, they don't, they're not easy on you. They transferred me from one place to the other. They kept me in either maximum or super high or medium, medium, uh, medium uh, security facilities, and then I, I worked my way down to a camp. But it was, you know, it was what it was. So, you know. You adapt. You have to be a chameleon. You adapt to your environment, and by the grace of God, it was around a lot of people I knew from the street. And when you are in it, if you're in a facility and people, they all know what you're charged with. And when you're charged with contempt and you're known for not being a rat, they give you a certain amount of respect. And I was treated really well. 
I mean, talk to me about that because, you know, listen, there's a lot of people like this is, you know, a pretty big reality TV fan base that listens to this podcast. Like we've seen it on Mob Wives, like Jersey Housewives, which is on now, you know, well, it just ended its last season. It always does come out like the worst thing is to be a rat. I just sat down with Bo Deedle. He went on about the worst thing to be as a rat. Like, is that really the, the case? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was just charged with, with patient brokering by a guy that ratted me out and I didn't even do it. I mean, Rachel saw she has I took three polygraph tests and I took a voice stress test and passed every question and every test and they still charged me. But, you know, a, the guy that ratted me out is still on the street. He was uh, he was facing 61 months and it looks like he's not going to do any time. Wow. Yeah. And is that is that really what it is? And that's really how it works, right? You like you rat someone out whether they're guilty or not, and then you get you get to walk away. That's really what it is. Yeah, that's not what I'm made of or not what it was brought up to be. I'm from a a really Irish Italian family, and my family are just very, you know, they have this certain amount of dignity and loyalty that you carry with yourself that other people don't. And that caused a lot of problems even in my daughter's career and the way people around her would just, you know. You, you want to be around people that are, you know, have some substance to themselves. And a lot of the people in the entertainment industry are, are far from that. So I didn't get along with a lot of people in that industry. They are far from that. What advice would you give to someone like, you know, there are a lot of people like the Chris Lays. I don't know if you follow any of these cases, like Jen Shaw, she's a Salt Lake housewife. Like they just are starting sentences like, Five years, you know, 12 years, like what advice would you have to someone that's just kind of starting a long sentence? Uh, um, just be yourself and uh, stand your ground. Don't cave in to people in there and just, uh, you know, just do the right thing. Even when you're in jail, do the right thing. Um, you can't, you know, a lot of people even rat other people out in jail. And, you know, there's, there's you know, drugs come in and contraband come in and so on and so forth. Turn a blind eye. And just to pretend you don't know what's going on. That's the best way to survive in jail. Like and just keep your, and keep your mouth shut. Respect means a lot when you're in prison. I mean, you've got to respect the other people around you, respect their space, their property. You just uh, there's certain you know there's jailhouse rules that you have to follow. What about someone like a Jen Shah who went in? She says that she's been there like for a few months, that she's completely Zen now. I mean, she was charged with like a lot of crimes and she's already changed. Like, is it possible to just have like a metamorphosis, you know, very quickly, like within the first few months, you think? Yeah, for some people it is. Yeah, sure. For some people it's very traumatic and shocking and they can't adapt right away and it takes a long time. Some people break, they crack and they, you know, they wind up losing it. But um, for the most part, People learn to adapt and, you know, you just have to surround yourself with a certain group of people. Pick your group and, you know, just um, just, you know, just uh, hang out in that that with that group in that area and just do the right thing. That's it. Wow. What about, you know, one thing I admire about you is, you know, you have owned your shit throughout all these years, right? Like you just say, yes, I'm this, I'm that. I was in cars, which I mean, we all own our shit, right? We all have shit. Yeah. Why do you think so many people like on reality TV and in the public eye just lie? Basically, they try to spin a narrative of who they are. And it's like, you're in the public eye. We're going to figure this out. 
Yeah, well, sooner or later, the truth comes out anyway. But, you know, you just have to. It's all a matter of a person, too. If you can learn to be like a duck where you just let the water fly off your back or not. And look at David. I wasn't that way all the time. I was very confrontational at the beginning when all this fame and stardom came to Lindsay and and people were surrounding us and we were under a microscope. And then Dean and I had our troubles. You know, people started saying things. And especially when they said things about my daughter, you say whatever you want about me. Um, I'm a big boy. I can handle my own ground, but do not mess with my kids. Never. And when they said things that were incorrect about my daughter, I stepped to the plate and I realized that that wasn't even my place anyway, because, you know, then you get mixed up in the whole mess of the media and they start attacking you. And and I really didn't need to do that. It's just, uh, you know, you learn as you go along. And I just, you know, you have to pick your battles. Who's worth it? What's worth it? What's not worth it? And at the end of the day, none of it's really worth it. It really isn't. Just go on with your life and let people say what they're going to say. The The unfortunate part, though, David, is that no matter what's put out there, right, wrong, or indifferent, especially when they're wrong, there's never a subtitle. You never see them correcting themselves. You never say, well, correct. You never see that correction or whatever. What they say kind of sticks. You have to let it wear off. It's that. You know, it's it 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 just like stays with you for a while, and you just have to grin and bear it as best you can. But you know, it's a shame that you know a lot of things are said that are out, put out there in the media, and people believe it, and it's not true. And it's happened so many times. I mean, in my life and Lindsay's life, even with my other kids, with you know, it, it's been wrong. It's it with Michael, and you know, things were said about Michael and Allie, Cody and Dina too. But it's uh. It's just something you have to learn to live with. That's it. It's a shame. Has there been one thing that's been said about Lindsay where you're just like, you know, it's just so far off or it just angered you more than, you know, I mean, there's a lot said throughout the years, but like, is there one thing that just. Let me say this. It's not what's what was said. It's what what's not said. Let me tell you what's not said. Lindsay has one of the biggest hearts of anyone I've ever met in my life. And that's my lips to God's ears. I've seen her do things for people and care about people in ways you wouldn't believe. I stood on, I stood with her in uh, Disneyland in Anaheim one time, and there were a lo- long line of people waiting for an autograph. And there was a child in a uh, in a wheelchair, was a quadriplegic, and she turned to me and she looked at me. She said, "Daddy, do you see the boy on the line?" I said, "Yeah, honey." She said, "Do do me a favor, have him brought up front," and they brought the kid up front. And the minute after that kid, she gave him a lot of attention, probably more attention than anyone else. And when the kid left, she had to take a break and she went back behind the curtain with me and she buried her face in my chest and she cried. And she said, why does God let, allow that to happen? She, that's just only one of the many instances. They don't see what she did in Syria, what she, how she sacrificed herself in India when she worked on the human trafficking thing. She put herself in some really desperate situations, but they always looked at the bad things. They looked at the, that picture of Lindsay on the uh, uh, in the New York Post where she was asleep in the car and they made it look like she passed out or overdosed or whatever. It was a long night. And unfortunately, that picture was taken by Samantha Ronson and sold to the press and it created a false narrative about it. It was wrong. I mean, she, was she out late? Was she partying? Yeah, probably. But you don't do that to a person. And then they create this narrative about her that was absolutely not true. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. Do you ever get a food craving that just won't go away? I do all the time. The other day, I was just craving out of nowhere Kung Pao chicken. I was so in the mood for some good Chinese. Now, I don't have time to go out to my local favorite restaurant and find that and track it down, so I just turned to Cook Unity and put it on that week's menu. Cook Unity is the first chef to use service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your front door every week. It's cheaper than other delivery options. I got my Kung Pao chicken that week as one of my meals, plus 15 other options. You can pick as few as four or as many as 16 meals per week. Your food arrives fresh and never frozen. It's packaged so that it can be kept in your fridge for up to seven days. Right now, you too can experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Just go to cookunity.com slash velvet or enter code VELVET before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code VELVET or going to cookunity.com slash VELVET. What do you guys use for your hair? I use Lola V. You know, the award-winning hair care line founded by the one, the only, Miss Jennifer Aniston. Lola V is as iconic as Jennifer is. I love Lola V not only because it works, but because of the ingredients. They're naturally derived. They're plant-based. There's no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, they're cruelty-free and vegan. My daily go-to is the restorative shampoo and conditioner. I use that every single day. But they also have have post-shower glossing detangler, a lightweight hair oil, and so much more. Unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. As our loyal listeners, you'll get an exclusive 15% off with your entire order when you use code VELVET at checkout. That's 15% off your order at L-O-L-A-V-I-E.com with promo code VELVET. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Starting is everything when it comes to fitness. I've started my fitness journey so many times, but I found it so hard to stay with and I've quit because I've never felt supported or guided. I felt like I was in this alone. That is until I discovered Peloton. Peloton helps you start no matter what level you're on. Whether you're a beginner or an advanced rider, Peloton is there for you. They've got thousands of classes to get you moving. Peloton bike instructors keep you motivated from day one. They'll show you the basics, help you take the guesswork out of your workout, and they really encourage you to build from there. I also love that you can watch your favorite TV shows, and it's just so great. You're so entertained while you're riding. And they even have artist-themed rides. So Friday after a hard week at work, it's me, it's Peloton, and it's Taylor Swift. But hey, if you don't like Taylor Swift, don't worry. They have so many other artists to choose from. So wherever you're starting, get moving with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at www.onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Is Samantha Ronson one of the people that, you know, when you refer to people that like surrounded Lindsay and, you know, you and you know, that were out for their own selves? Well, look, Samantha, you know, she was a DJ and she had her own following. But let's face it, when she met Lindsay, she went from here to here. She went right to the top. So was there some kind of 
initiative in it for her? Did, was there something she wanted out of it? Probably. <clears throat> that wasn't Lindsay anyway. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't into that kind of a relationship, but she did. And I guess people experiment and so on and so forth. But look, <clears throat> she's married now having a baby. So obviously she's not, that wasn't the direction of her life she wanted to take. But, you know, to each his own. And God bless Samantha. But um, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt that that was, uh, that was a period, of, a darker period in her life when she was out there doing things. And, you know, when you look at that period in her life, that's when, you know, her house was robbed for all the jewelries by the bling ring and, and all the other garbage going on and the nightclub crap. And, you know, when you surround yourself with the wrong people, bad things happen. You know, you can't. My grandfather always told me, you show me who you walk with and I'll tell you who you are. And you can't expect to, you know, live in the in the light and the darkness. They, they don't co coexist. Either it's one way or the other. And she, you know, but that's part of Hollywood. It's part of growing up. And she got beyond it. And by the grace of God, I think that she's probably in a better place now than she ever was in her life. Is this true? I don't know where I read this or maybe Rachel told me this, but is this true that you are kind of the one that, you know, pushed her into acting or just kind of got her started in acting? Is that true? No. No, uh, not at all. Well, no, and Rachel, I don't think Rachel said may, that. Maybe, maybe I read that somewhere. No, what she probably did say is I brought her to her original audition for The Parent Trap, and that's what launched her. Did I get her into acting? No. Dina wanted to bring her into the city. She was a little three-year-old redhead with a lot of freckles, and she was very commercial. So they, um, you know, she was very, she, everyone picked her up. And she was doing TV commercials and print ads. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of everything. And, and then came the time. And then she got um, that soap opera, Another World. And she played, uh, or I think it was Allie Fowler was her character. And after the first season, she was nominated for an Emmy when she was only nine years old. But at that time, that's when she got the audition, that global audition for The Parent Trap. And Dina couldn't go because Cody was just born and he had an earache or something. And uh, so I took it to the audition and that was her break. But was I responsible? No. Did I do what a dad had to do and take her? Yeah. And that launched a career. And let's get this straight. Nobody, but nobody is responsible for their kid being a star, but that child themselves. Mommy or daddy or uncle or aunt or grandma and grandpa, they didn't create that star. The talent that that person, that kid has, is what created the star. Lindsay did it on her own. Not me, not Dina, not anybody. Lindsay is responsible for her own success and her own her talent. Why do you think so many parents then get that look? Listen, it came to you and Dina too, you know, like, here's our cash cow and we're pushing our child into this. Like, yeah. that narrative was out there. That disgusts me. It really does. I mean, look at, and I can prove this. Never did I take one red cent from my daughter or make any money off my daughter. That was one of the problems I had with Dina, my relationship with Dina. Dina was her manager. Dina got 20% of everything she made. And, you know, I was kind of on the fence with that. I was like, should someone else get the money or should our own, uh, own mother get the money? And I, you know, I still, you know, I see, you know, pros and cons with that. But do I, in, in, I mean, overall, do I think a parent should be involved in a kid's career or benefit from it? Absolutely not. That's what, They earned it. They made it. It's theirs. And I don't think anyone should be, you know, from earning off their children, which I never did. Um, 
it's hurtful. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to discuss it here, but I know a lot about Lindsay's finances and where money went and so on and so forth. And it's not right. It was not right. Do you think, cause like you look at like, uh, you say like the parents shouldn't be involved. Like, would you do it over? You think like, and not have Dina as the manager, if you guys could go back. As her well, manager. I encourage Dina not to be the manager because it just created more problems for us. But the other problem was so many people became involved. I mean, Dina had her friends there and, uh, you know, her friends were always going to premieres and this and that and getting drunk and family members. And ultimately that was the demise of our, uh, and the, you know, downfall of our marriage. It was all the other people getting involved and I didn't stand for it. And I didn't, I didn't want it. And it boiled down to a party at my, my house one day when Dina's brother was high at the house after showing up at a premiere high and they, people were complaining and I just had enough and I told him to leave and he came at me and we got in a fight and that was it. Yes. Do you think like, was it tied to like Lindsay's fame? Cause right. Like as someone gets more famous, there's listen, let's face it. Everybody wants a piece of the pie. You're right. There's all these hangers, hangers on. Everyone sees money. The fame is a whole nother aspect of it. Like, do you think like you and Dina would have survived if it wasn't like for Lindsay's fame and all of that, that kind of changed life? I think there was a, yeah, that was a factor without a doubt. I think if, you know, if, there's so many factors. There's so many, David. The people, the hangers on, the parasites, the people coming around that wanted to be there for the wrong reasons. And and then when I stepped up and said something to them, they badmouthed me behind my back to Dean and, you know, plant that little seed in their head. And, you know, he's causing problems and, and not wasn't causing problems, whether it was managers or if it was just people hanging around, you know, so-called friends, fair weathered friends. Uh, you know, I just I'm the kind of person I don't. I speak my mind. You know, I'm not going to hold back. Am I going to be inappropriate? No, but I'm going to tell you what I feel. Believe me. Um, and that was a problem. Sometimes my mouth got me in trouble. What do you think it, of it like might, a- it, might, it might today too. <laughs> no, but this is how it's it's true. This is how it works. And I mean, I think like, was there, like, did life truly change? Like, was it the parent trap or was it mean girls? Like, is it really overnight? And like, what was that like for you as a parent when like your whole life changes just because the person's doing what they want to do, right? She wanted to act. Well, the parent, the parent trap definitely was the catalyst that did catapult her. That's when people, even me, David, I, you know, I would bring her, drop them off at auditions and not go up and see. I didn't see her on camera and stuff. I saw her in another world and she was good, but I didn't spend time on the set or anything like that. But when I watched her audition for The Parent Trap and I watched that scene of her and Natasha, God rest her soul, in the bed when Lindsay reveals herself and pulls the covers over it, I literally cried. I couldn't believe my daughter was so talented to switch her accents at the drop of a dime on her own and pull that off like she did. That was over seven months of shooting where that kid played both roles and did it on her own. And guess what? She is believable as both characters. It's seamless. It's flawless. And she should have gotten an Oscar for that, for that film. There's no question. You think so? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean... You show me another kid that age that could have pulled that off. I, I don't know any. And I'm not patting her on the back because she's my daughter. If it was anyone that did as well as she did in that film, they deserve an Oscar, especially at 10 years old. Come on. 
Yeah, and to play two two parts, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at Julie Garland, how amazing she was, and she was much older than Lindsay. And you have some other talented kids that were younger, Dakota Fanning and this one and that. You have some very talented younger kids, but that role of that she, those roles she played in The Parent Trap were absolutely amazing. They really were. Was there like one defining moment either like in your life or like Lindsay's where you, like when did you realize like our lives have changed, you know, and they will never be the same, whether it's for the better or the worse. Like after that movie, like was there, was it walking down the street? Was it like the seas parting and come on in, skip the velvet rope, no pun intended. Like, was there one thing you remember where you're like, oh wait, life has really changed? Um, well, after the parents trap, yeah, but I mean, you know, there were no velvet ropes when she was, when she was 11 years old. Um, did she get behind, behind the velvet rope when she was older? Absolutely. Um, but just everything, I mean, no matter where she went, people opened doors and they were, you know, whispering and looking at her and the head of the line, even as a child, I mean, it was amazing. But I have to say, and and you know, just the the appreciation expressed from Disney and the studio. I have to say, Dick Cook, who was the CEO of Disney at the time, is one of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life. That man was an amazing, amazing man. He was um, just I can't say enough about him. I really can't. And Nancy Myers and Charles Shire, they were like family. And Nancy's still very close to Lindsay. And you know, I reached out once in a while, but. I lost touch with Charles, but they're just, she was blessed to be around such amazing people. The whole Meyershire family were great. I mean, the kids, Haley and Annie were amazing too, but um, she was blessed to have that kind of experience to begin with. What do you think? Cause like you mentioned, like maybe the parents shouldn't be the manager. What do you think of like a Chris Jenner who's managing a whole brood and is they're now the most famous family. I believe that's ever really existed in this business other than maybe like the Royal family, which they're not even the business. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to hear the funny part is before the Kardashians, that show was made, they actually came to us to do a show about the Lohans. And Dina didn't want, that's when Dina and I were going through trouble and she didn't want me on it. So they kind of canned the show when she did Living Low End, which flopped. But, uh, you know, maybe it was for the best. Who knows what would have happened. But what do I think about Kris Jenner and the way she, she must handle things differently. You know, they're, it's, it's just, I know some people do things differently. You know, everyone was all on the same page in that family. With our family, we weren't on the same page. Some people wanted, I don't know what their motives were, if they wanted the ego, if they had an ego, if they wanted the fame or whatever. I didn't want that. You know, it's, some other people in my family did, unfortunately. But um, it didn't pan out. So what's in the cards is in the cards. That's, you know. Do you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors, which doesn't shock me because I sit here all day working on this podcast. But what I was shocked to learn is that the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air. And in some cases, it's up to a hundred times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? That was all I needed to hear to purchase an Air Doctor. Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out 99.9% of the dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust, 
Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code VELVET. You will receive up to $300 off their air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code VELVET. Has anyone else had major drama in hiring for their business out there? How great does it feel to finally find the right qualified candidate and close out a job search? But what if I told you you get rid of the job search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is a great matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. I was able to hire the last ad sales rep that I hired within such a short period of time. Before Indeed, this would have taken me days and weeks, sometimes even months. Do you know that in the minute I've basically just been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed? According to Indeed data worldwide, 23 hires. Right now, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Velvet. Just go to Indeed.com slash Velvet right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I truly believe that. Who who approached you? Was it E to do a show um, like this? A number. Yeah, a number. Of, e was one of them, but there were a number of different people that came to us. Yep. And they wanted you guys just to be like you, Dina, Lindsay, Allie. Family here, yeah. And then, you know, it's when we were going through that difficult time in our life with when Dina, Lindsay was famous and Dina kind of, you know, she chose her friends and that side over me. I listen. I was very controversial and confrontational too with her friends. I mean, I there were people that were just doing too much drinking and partying, and and I didn't go for it. Showing up drunk at the premieres, and and they'd be out. When I was working in New York, they'd show up in California, staying with Dean and Lindsay and the kids, and and I I'd show up at the house, and then we'd get in an argument. It, it was not good. Did you and or Lindsay want to do this reality show? Like it was Dina that put the kibosh on it? Well, we didn't really discuss it. I mean, I did talk to Dina about it. And, and you know, I thought it might have been a good idea. I mean, at that point in our life, it would have been really interesting to see a family that wasn't part of Hollywood grow in Hollywood. Um, and we had a lot of interesting aspects to our life. It was really, it was pretty neat. But, um, no, Dina just wanted it to be her and the kids. So. That's all I can say about that. Wow. What about, you know, this narrative that was out there in the past, you know, that like you and maybe Dina too, but it really was you, like you were like jealous, like Lindsay was making money, you know, your career, you know, you weren't on Wall Street anymore. Like there, there were that narrative was out there. Well, if it was, I didn't hear it. I mean, look at, I was happy, happy for my daughter. I mean, I'm very happy for my, who wouldn't be happy for their kid. I'm still proud of her, you know, to make the money she made it. By, you know, by the time she was 18, she was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. But I always told, and I tell people now, too, with as much given, as much required. And when you give it a lot, it's a very high standard to live up to. Because it also says in the Bible that what God gives you, he will take away. And if you don't do the right thing with what you have, it's going to go. 
And unfortunately, you know, that happens sometimes. But no, I was never jealous of my kid. I just want the best for all of them. I mean, if anyone, we should be jealous of anyone. It's my son, Michael. My son, Michael's an amazing, successful, super successful businessman. And now Lindsay's coming back. She's going to, and she's going to be on the top of her game again. I have my own life and I, you know, no one knows what I've done in my life. I, I was one of the owners of the first electronic cigarette company. I'm the one who started Arizona iced tea snack food line. I created the whole thing. When Brooklyn Navy Yard was nothing but a Navy Yard, I'm the one who put the financing together to make it a movie studio. I had the first energy drink company called American Bodybuilding Products. I mean, I can go on and on. People don't know my history. They just want to say what they, what they want to say, you know, but now they know. And there's a lot more than just that. Did you realize, because like we talk about the hangers on, like, you know, this it's a learning process, right? Like, I mean, there's new families, new people going through it every day that maybe don't realize it. Like, when did you realize, like, you know, someone gets a famous and or is having a ton of money thrown at them? And like, when did you realize what the hangers on were, right? Because not everyone realizes that until, I mean, a lot of, it's mostly too late. Was well, it early on? Yeah, you know when that happened, David? It's when Lindsay moved out to California on her own at 17, turning 18. And I didn't want that. And I didn't like it. And, you know, her mom thought it was okay for her to be there because she had a roommate that was responsible and a little bit older. But it turned out that that girl wasn't responsible and older. And she was from Florida and she was kind of from a messed up background. And, um, and it just wasn't a good place. So. That's when it started. Hey, bud. We have a visitor. What about, I love it. What about like the media, right? Because I mean, like, did you think the media was your friend in the beginning? Like, when did you realize, like, you know, when did you realize how the media works and how like you give an interview and like, wait, this is the headline. And like, when did you figure that out? That's not what I said. Right. That's not what I said. They said something else. Well, when did I realize that? Later on down the line, it was a hard lesson learned, you know, when you have to, uh, you, you don't know who your friends are. That's for sure. I'll tell you that much. There are some good people. I mean, you know, you know when it, I've had my disputes with people like Harvey Lemon and when Mike Walters was at TMZ, he's at the blast now. And I have to say that X-17 were very, very forward and up, up front. Um, the people from Radar, there's a couple of decent ones there, but Dylan Howard is just <laughs> whatever. I won't even go there. But, um, but you know, there are some decent people, but it's a hard, like I said, a hard lesson learned. It really is. It, it is. It is a hard lesson learned. Like, what is your relationship now with the media? Like, is it like, do you, do you, I don't talk. I really don't talk to them. I don't. There's not many people I talk to when they call for comment. I have kind of a pact with Lindsay that, you know, that's basically a no comment kind of thing. Look, even recently, someone said that, you know, it came out and said, whatever, the gender of the baby and it was leaked. And it, it came from from what I heard. It came from a photo shoot she did and it was leaked at the photo shoot. But I mean, it it's I don't know. I, you don't know what to believe and not to believe. Yes. I think it was literally within the past 24 hours. I think it was TMZ that's all over the place. Lindsay Lohan's having a boy. Now, when you I'm like, oh, wow, this is revealed. Then when you click on the article and you read it, it says sources say. So you're like, this isn't really confirmed based on that headline. 
Right. That's it does make you think based on a headline that Lindsay has announced this to the world and then it you read yeah. it and it says she hasn't announced anything and she's never confirmed anything and neither has any anyone in the family that I know of. I I mean I no I certainly haven't but you know it is what it is you're not going to change things it's out there now and you can't change that unfortunately. You can't change that. Do you get so, calls for like comments like this all the time, like from just random media, like the phone just rings off the hook dur- during the day? Yeah, I do sometimes, but I tell them the same thing. Look, at I just want to, with no disrespect, I have no comment. This is a personal matter between my family and I, and I, I made promises to my daughter I'm going to keep. Nothing's more important than that. And I do, you know, a lot of the people that do call, I like them. I really like them. There's some people from People Magazine, from, you know, TMZ from other outlets that are really good in touch magazine, nice people, really nice people. And um, it's just, you know, it, I, I, they respect my boundaries. I respect their, their job. What is it about the world that you think like, why do people hang on to, you know, like Lindsay's the same as you, she's the same as me. She, we have another, we could mention any other. Why do people hang on to like just certain things? Like certain people are just, that tabloid, they just can't get enough. Like, what? what is it about the world that they're just so hungry for this type of news? I, just, I don't understand those kind of people where they just, they're, 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 there's something missing in their life that they just love the drama and the gossip and all the rumors and stuff. And it's just like they, they thrive on it. They live on it. It's just, it, I don't get it. I really don't. But some people really do. I mean, they're addicted to it. They're on TMZ, they're on Radar, they're on all these different sites, Gawker, whatever they want to watch, and they just uh, they just can't live without it. All so day. TMZ is so successful, but I have to say that, you know, companies like TMZ that went into the sports area, and, and then you have other sites that are really more news-focused now. I mean, things are changing to a certain degree. Are there elements of that whole rumor aspect and and all the gossip? Yeah, absolutely, because people need that. They that's their sustenance. They live on it. Are you on like Are you on social media at all? Yeah, but not much. Like I don't do much on Instagram. I do a lot on Facebook when it comes to inspirational things. Um, but that's if you look at my my Facebook, it's more inspiration and and things that you know people are doing or, you know, things about my family or things that I've done, you know, you know, being out with the kids and doing things, things that'll encourage and inspire other people to do the right thing. There are certain situations where people will write to me with a problem that they have and I will come up with something, a uh, certain salutation or something where it'll, it'll be, and that's a problem because people think I'm writing about myself when it's someone's depressed or something and no, it's not me. I'm writing. So someone else gets a message, but you know, I was in the treatment industry for a long time. So a lot of things I did post were treatment related where it would help people get past the difficulty that they're facing and they were depressed or going through a divorce or being abused or whatever the case may be. Then um, I would post things that would help them get through what they were getting through without the use of drugs or alcohol. What was, because like you were famously on Celebrity Rehab, but like what was the, I mean, you didn't come out of there like totally changed from that, right? Like when well, was. That that season of Celebrity Rehab was the last season. And the people on the show weren't all addicted to drugs or alcohol. I was on there for codependency, which was clearly, clearly seen with my situation with Kate at the time. So um, 
And then you had people in for sex addiction. You had people in for gambling. You had people in for, you know, all different, different kinds of addictions on, on the show. Um, so, it, you know, it, it, people thought it was all drugs and alcohol. And that's another problem. Once you admit in your life that you drank or you did cocaine or you get a DUI, right away they label you as an addict. I was never an addict. Did I drink and did I party when I was a kid? Yes. Did I stop when I got married to Dina? Yeah. When we got separated, did I do it again? Yeah. Then was I clean again? Yeah. When we got separated again and got divorced, did I do it again? Yeah. I mean, that's not an addict. That's a person who chooses to do it. Was it right choices? Absolutely not. I don't encourage anyone to drown their sorrows and numb their pain with alcohol or drugs. It doesn't work out. It's not, it's not the right medication. The right medication to me is God. That's what got me through everything, and I still lean on. But, you know, we all make mistakes. But there's uh, th then again, that's another false narrative that's out there that people just don't understand. What? That you... They, you know, with addiction and so on, is that, you know, if you admit that you drank or, you know, you did drugs in the past, that you're an addict right away. And then when you go on celebrity rehab, they're, oh, well, he's on celebrity rehab, so he must have a drug problem. No, I was on for codependency. So that was, that was it. That is a false narrative. <laughs> what about when, you know, Lindsay's been very open about her own struggles and like her sobriety. Like, what about like as a father, you know, you're dealing with it in the public eye, you know, and there's this narrative about you and now there's all this stuff about her. Like, do you feel like, I don't know, like I've created this because it's like, I had my own struggles with this. I mean, I don't know. No, I think, look, it's still so controversial whether addiction is genetic or not, because you can have two parents that are addicts that have, they can have four kids, only one is an addict or two are an addict or none are an addict. So it's, I think it, it, everything is relative. I think that in everyone's life, I think that if you did have an addict in your family or an alcoholic, that gene is in you. And it's a matter of whether that the flip, uh, you flip that switch of addiction to turn it on. Is there a traumatic moment that where someone has a weak moment and they try drugs or alcohol and when they do, that's when they flip the switch and it becomes active. It remains dormant in some people and they never, you know, it never happens for them. So I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. All I know is I've dealt with it for a while you know, with other people as well as, you know, me going out. I believe it's a choice. You you decide whether you want to drink or if you want to do drugs or whatever. At the end of the day, it's a choice. Why is it that someone can, uh, you know, go to rehab once, party for or use for 15 years and go to rehab once and they get it right the first time? And some people go, they do the same thing and they go to one rehab and then they relapse and another one that relapse. And maybe on the fifth rehab, uh, rehab they get clean. It's a choice. You decide to stop, whether it's an epiphany in your life or that traumatic moment, whether it's a near-death experience or jail or, uh, or, or going to, you know, whatever the case may be, an overdose, it doesn't matter. It's a choice. You decide you're not going to do it. And that's exactly what my daughter did. That's exactly what I did. I chose never to drink again. She chose never to, to drink or do drugs or anything. And we've been clean. What do you say to, you know, there was this big controversy when Demi Lovato announced that she was California sober. Like, I mean, Aaron Carter just passed away. He said he was, you know, and they found, you know, Xanax in his system. No. Like, do you know? No. Listen, if you're clean, you're clean. You can't switch one addiction for the other. You can't say I was an opiate addict, but now I only drink alcohol. And, and let's not make any mistakes. Adderall is...
you went silent for some reason. Horribly addictive drug. Oh, if people think that they're okay when they're taking two, three, four Adderall pills at a time or a day, no, you're not okay. You can't do that. And another thing that gets me about that is when, you know, my daughter got, you know, she partied every once in a while. She got caught with cocaine in the car that time. And right away, they classified her as a drug addict and so on and so forth. And it was really wrong the way they did that because they really beat her up over it. And then you have Demi Lovato and overdosed and stuff like that. And everyone applauded her when she got sober. But, and God bless her. That's a wonderful thing. God bless Demi and hope she stays sober but does it the right way, not the California way. But no one ever applauded, applauded Lindsay when she got sober. It was horrible. All they did was beat her up. It was really, the way they treated her was really, really, it, it was wrong. It really was. I mean, I never thought about that, but you are right. I mean, like they, the cocaine in the car and then, right, they beat her up. Why do you think then with Demi Lovato, it's such an applause and with Lindsay, it was such a chastising of her? I don't know. I guess, you know, when someone's using drugs and they get arrested for it or something, it's one thing. But when someone actually overdoses, then they look at it as in a different light. Like, oh, my God, this person almost died and they survived. So let's get behind them. Let's, you know, let's support them. Let's cheer them on. And that's right. You should do that. But if someone gets arrested and they have drugs on them and they get their life sobered up, why not say the same? Why not say, hey, listen. You're an amazing actress. You're a star. You know, you had this pump in your life. We're going to support you. Let's stay on the right road. They didn't do that. No, they just kept beating her up. No, they didn't do that. I feel like they still don't do that. You look at like Amanda Bynes, like there's just certain people that they just don't want to get behind, right? No, and they look, they did it with Wendy Williams for so long. They got behind her. And, and look, at no one wanted to say it was a drug addiction. And I, behind the scenes, I was calling everyone saying, because I met with Wendy a couple of times when Lindsay did a show and spoke to people. And I'm like, listen, she needs help. Just, I know what's going on. I can, I've been doing this for 16 years. You can't pull the wool over. No one can pull the wool over my eyes. I can tell if you're drunk or high on the phone, it, just talking to you now. I, I know it's just something inside of me. I have, a, I have a, an addiction detector built into me. And I was like, you got to get her help. It's going to get worse and worse. And it did. And they just wanted to hide it. But when you come, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a shame because not, I don't, I'll leave that alone. Who did, no, I mean, that is what, I mean, who did you tell that, hey, Wendy Williams needs help? Like people at the show? Yeah, a couple of people, yes. Yeah, yeah. People very close to her, let's put it that way. And that's the same kind of thing, right? Because there's people around her that I imagine are making a ton of money off her show and her personal life. I'm sure they're making a ton of money by being with her. It's true enabling. Yeah. I mean, there was what made me laugh is Lindsay did her show one time and Lindsay was sober as sober could be. And Wendy was talking about Lindsay's shoes and she made a comment and she was like, oh, remember that time that that you had, you, they said you had cocaine in your shoe or something, you had powder in your shoe or cocaine. And Lindsay, like, Lindsay said, I put powder in my shoe. How stupid can they be? And, and Wendy was kind of mocking her, making fun of her. Wendy was high as a kite that day she was interviewing her. I was, I said, I was like, can you believe how high she is? She's whacked on coke and she's 
actually talking to Lindsay about Lindsay doing coke and how wrong it was. No, it was very hypocritical. But I hope she gets better. I really do. I mean, a big part of your your sobriety and getting better is honesty. And you're not going to get better if you're not honest about it. And I mean, she has not really come out and admitted anything at this point. I'll admit it. Look, I'll tell you right now. She's got a drug problem. Definitely. And, you know, drugs and alcohol go hand in hand, and especially when it's cocaine. So there's, you know, she's got some issues she's got to deal with, but nothing she can't get over. Nothing she can't get over. It's just so like when someone has so much going, you know, I mean, that show is such a like what people would do for that opportunity to have your own talk show. I mean, she had it for a long time, but then to kind Mm -hmm. of lose that. But I mean, I guess that is true what the definition of addiction is. Well, what did I say before? With as much given, as much required. Yes. Right? And when you put in a position like that, God, it's a very high standard God wants you to follow. And honesty, a big part of it. It's a big part of it. I'll tell you when we're done. What is your, like, I know you guys, like, have come together. I mean, like, what is your relationship, like, with Lindsay, like, today? Amazing. 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 It's been amazing for a long time. I just don't put it out there. It's no one's business. I mean, we talk constantly, text constantly. When she's around, I see her constantly. She's my daughter. I love her with all my heart, just like do Allie. I love my sons, Cody and Michael and and, and Landon and Logan. I mean, they're my kids, and I'll love them till the day I die. And things really are different in Dubai. I mean, I've been to Dubai. I've been to a lot of places. It really isn't the same as it is here in the U.S. with paparazzi. and. Oh, no, no. She has a much better lifestyle. That's why she loves it so much over there. There and people don't drink like they do here and the elements of drugs that's not around. It's a much cleaner lifestyle. It really is. Cody, Logan, sorry. It's okay. What is your relationship like with Dina these days? Love you. What is it like with Dina? Yeah. Good and not good and good and not good. It depends upon what day it is for her. You know, it's not easy for her now, you know, living in the city and stuff. And it, it, it's not easy. But I try to do my best to be the better person and do the right thing. And, I, you know, try to help her out when I can. You know, but it's hard. She has she's got to deal with her own stuff. That's all. Is Lindsay, so Lindsay's pregnancy isn't really what kind of reconciled you guys, like it's been, you've been reconciled. Because I think that narrative is not necessarily out there all the time oh, either. Yeah. No, I were talking for a long time. When I've been, you know, when I was back on Long Island in the Hamptons, I used to talk to her all the time. I used to bring my kids over to her house. I mean, no one knew that. We didn't put it out there. And she didn't want people to know it either because her friend, I don't know. It's just she's so affected by what people think and what her friends think or what her family would think. And, you know, it's whatever. You have to do what's best for you and not what people think is best for you. You know, it's horrible. I say that all the time. Like at the end of the day, listen, this is what I say. I mean, when you are lying on your deathbed and you are a shell of the person that you are, we all are going to get old if we're lucky. And when you are truly laying there, the only thing you have, I mean, other than hopefully you have loved ones around you, you can look up and say, I have lived my authentic, true life. Like, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I do whatever I what is right for me. You're never going to be happy if you're looking for external approval ever. You're so right, David. And that's what it's all about. 
you have to do what's right for you and what's right by God and not worry about what other people think. Because at the end of the day, the people that really love you are going to be the ones around you at your bedside. And trust me, it's not going to be that many people for, for many. I mean, True. people are very, very, they're, they're very misled to think so many people are their friends when they're not. They're not. Right. You think they're all going to be there until you actually are, you know, hopefully 80, 90 and you're sick, trust me, the door is not going to really be open with how many people you think when you're cannot get out of bed and walk across the room. No, you're right. Exactly. I agree a hundred percent. So doesn't, you know, all this, so doesn't Dina, like, doesn't she listen to you? Do you want it? I mean, I guess you can't really teach someone this if they don't. You can't tell tell Dina what to do. Dina's got her own mindset. She's got it. The sky could be gray and she'll, she'll tell you it's blue and believe it. I mean, she's got her own, she's going to believe what she wants to believe and she's going to do what she wants. And I wish her the best. I really do. She is the mother of my kids. I spent 22 years loving her. Uh, And right to the end, we were still dancing in the kitchen to music with the children. It's just, it happened really quickly and it happened, uh, unfortunately. What type of grandfather are you going to be? I'm a grandfather now. It's just, it's really hard. If I was in New York with my son, with my son, his daughter, Isabella and Nina, I'd be there all the time and I'd see them. It's really kind of hard that I'm living here. I want to get back there. Um, it's even harder with Lindsay in Dubai, but we're going to make our best efforts. But I'm just praying that her and Batter move back to the States because, uh, you know, let's face it, I'm not getting any younger. Neither is Dina. And I know Batter's parents aren't. Batter's parents are over in the Middle East, but he's got a lot of family here in the States too. So hopefully they'll make a move or spend a lot more time in the States. What kind of a grandfather am I going to be? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just all I can do to shower them with love and gifts and whatever. Is it, you know, because I know like Dina, I mean, if you listen to the media, at least, you know, Dina and Allie and Cody and everyone are planning to go, you know, over to Dubai when Lindsay gives birth. And I mean, can you not go because of the whole patient brokering thing? Like, are you like, what is up with that? Like, are you on probation? Can you not go? No, you can, when you're on probation, you can go anywhere if you get permission. I don't, I don't know if, um, if, if it's going to be feasible. I have to, you know, I've landed, landed in Logan here. That's kind of hard. Will I go? I think I'm going to wait for her to come here because she's going to start working after she has a baby a few months later. So I think that'll be a lot easier. Um, and I don't know who's going over there and who's not going. Then it's, let's see. Right. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that's what everyone says. That's out there. Is that what people say isn't always the truth, but there's, I guess some people, someone will go or some people will go, but we'll see what happens. Well, right. I mean, like, I mean, I know Lindsay's like working with Netflix now and like you would think there's a lot of work here that you, they will be here, oh, yeah. hopefully. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yep. You think a move to the U.S. might really be a possibility? I mean, I'm hoping they move back or get another residence here and they can spend their time here and there. I mean, I, they're they're an amazing couple. And whenever you're around them, like when they were shooting Falling for Christmas in Utah, I was out there with my two little boys and we had the best time. It, it was really, it was wonderful spending time with her and Batter. And, and Cody was out there too. We had a really wonderful time. So that's got to be somewhat I, I don't know if satisfying is the word relieving as a father just having gone through you know like having everything Lindsay's gone through just to see 
you know, you have a happy marriage, which that's not easy in general. You mean Lindsay and Batter? Yeah. Like yeah. just to say I that mean, after all I this, like, no, no, like, no. What are you smoking? <laughs> not, not you. That, you know, Lindsay is, no. you know, Versailles being pregnant, just, you know, that they seem like a very solid couple. Yeah, they are. They're amazing. They really are. They're, they're blessed to have each other. He is a great guy. And she is, to me, she, Lindsay is just, she's going to be an amazing mom. She's a great wife. She's actually a good cook now, too. But um, she got that from me, of course. But anyway, uh, she, she, they're, they're a great couple. They're so blessed. And his family, oh, my God. Batter's family are amazing. They're, I can't say enough about his family. They're really good people. I was actually blessed enough to go and meet them in Fort, San, uh, San Francisco when they were there. And uh, we had a wonderful time. What is the biggest mistake you feel you've made, like as a parent in general? Oh, God, do we have a couple of hours? <laughs> well, Michael, I don't have children, and I know that I know myself. I, it's not for me, but well, we, we make we all, we make a lot of mistakes. You have to you you learn as you go, Dave. I mean, sometimes we're too lenient. Sometimes we're too hard. Sometimes we're too giving. Sometimes we hold back things of you know out of, it, just to teach kids a lesson. I'm not the kind of dad that that you know if, uh, I punish my kids if they can't if they don't do the right thing. I take something away. We, I don't believe in corporal punishment. I don't believe in hitting your kids or any of that. Do I yell? Did I slam things? Yeah. And that's all they, I needed to do is they'd look at me and they know I was angry and they shouldn't do it again. My little ones now get away with a lot more than anyone did because I'm older. And I just, you know, I just, I don't have the energy anymore. I really don't. I'm like, listen, go kill each other. Go do what you want to do. Here's some boxing gloves. Go beat each other up. Leave me alone. But they, you know, the two boys are a year and a half, two years apart from each other. So they're very, they're, they're competitive. But you learn as you go. You really do. I mean, uh, there's mistakes that I've made and, you know, running away from sit with Dina. I'm not a confrontational person when in, in a relationship. Like with Dina, I would just pick up and leave. Or if I was at work and Dina was starting with me before I got home, I wouldn't go home. i go out with the guys. I wouldn't come home. I didn't want confrontation. Did I realize that was wrong and it was a better way to deal with it? Yeah. I mean, but, um, you know, we, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a long, I'm 63 now, but I'm still learning every day. It's something I learn every single day. And I believe I'll probably learn something on my deathbed about myself or someone else. So it's a process. And I imagine your two sons, I mean, they're going to be closer in age to Lindsay's child. I yeah. imagine they will grow up. I mean, that will kind of, they'll be close. I would imagine. Even oh, though. Imagine. yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're uncles at the age of eight and 10. So that's pretty neat. That is very neat. Yeah. What is the best advice you would give to someone just like, you know, starting out as a parent or with someone in this industry, you know, you have really been through it. This is like we said, the media, the hangers on, it's it's doesn't it's I mean I I I split my time between New York and the Hamptons in L.A. I, you know I'm in L.A. I I see it yeah. getting no it's no better. There's a lot of hangers on. Yeah, I think you just need to surround yourself with the people that you're friends with for a long time. I think that you need to um really evaluate the people around you 
and the people that come into your circle, keep your circle very close. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's just, it's hard. You have to just, yeah, it, it, you need that, that, that antenna to be up all the time. I, I, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. I mean, I, I just, I don't like, I don't like the Hollywood thing. I don't like the limelight. I don't like any of that. I live like to live my quiet little life. And for people in the industry, I think you're better off marrying like Lindsay did, someone that's not in the industry. It seems that when two people in the industry get in the industry get together, it doesn't work. I mean, not everyone's a Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, God bless them, or a Sly Stallone and Jennifer. I mean, you have some couples out there that have made it a long, long time. God bless them, but the majority don't. The majority don't. No. What about, you know, what advice would you give to Lindsay, who's about to be a mother? You know, just like as a, you're, you're, you have lots of children. So what advice would you give her to her as a, as she enters motherhood? Don't let anyone ever come between you and your husband ever, ever, because ultimately your relationship with your husband is going to affect your child because Kids that, you know, kids, when kids come into the world, they don't expect their mom and dad to get divorced. They don't expect to live with either mommy or daddy or one or the other. They, that's, it's not fair. We need to do everything we can to hold it together and keep it together for our kids. And if you can't, you know, do it the right way and don't ever play the pawn game. I went through that with Dina and it was horrible. With Kate, when we were apart, I never kept the kids from her. I would never do that. It only hurts the children and has long-term effects on them. So, and most of it was because people came and came between Dean and I. So don't, Lindsay or anyone else, don't let anyone come between you and your husband. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. Do you have, we'll wrap up very soon. Do you have, like you mentioned, slash slice the loan and go like, do you have, I mean, I know you're not in the Hollywood scene now. I mean, I don't particularly love it either, even though I work in the industry. Do you have like a lot of famous friends? Like who would we be shocked to say? Oh, like, no, I have a lot. I, I don't want to go put them out there, but I have a lot of, a lot of people that are very famous friends and a lot of them I work with mm -hmm. in certain ways, but, um, and a lot I'm going to be work with really soon. I mean, I'm not going to mention their names, but I was on the phone and three, three of the biggest, biggest, I mean, very big stars we're going to be working with, with my health and nutrition company. So um, it's pretty interesting what we're doing. Wow. I mean, I would imagine you have a lot of famous friends. Are you the type that gets starstruck? I mean, like, you know, we have people that get starstruck or are you just immune to it? Yeah, and everyone's I, see, a human? I, see them, I see them differently. You know, I really do. And they're not all Hollywood guys. I mean, you know, there's, there's, I have a lot of friends that are very, very prominent businessmen that I'm friends with, owners of sports teams and people like Anthony Scaramucci, who actually is a great guy. I like him. Um, I have a lot of other friends like him that are just, you know, in my circle that I don't care to discuss, but I give them as much respect and hold them in as high regard as, you know, the biggest actors that are out there or actresses. Mm -hmm. That all makes sense. Anything, I have one final question, but anything you want to cover before we wrap up? I mean, thank you for being so open and honest. I, I could, you'll have to come back on. I could talk to you for hours I mean, I knew this was going to be an open and honest conversation after I spoke to you on the phone and after Rachel said, no, he's great and he'll talk about whatever. 
Yeah, I guess we covered pretty much. There's not much more. Why don't we think about saving it for another time? Maybe I'll interview you. <laughs> like I have to say though, Rachel's show is amazing and I'm really, I'm proud of what you're doing, but I look at, I've known her for a long time and she really just has a knack for what she's doing. I mean, she really, she is a great host as you are. And I wish you both a ton of, with ton of, ton of luck. All Thank you. You, me and Rachel will have to do a show live in person either in Florida or wherever, but this is my final question of what I wanted to ask you. What do you think is the biggest, and yes, a huge shout out to Rachel. She's amazing. I've helped her, you know, because I've been doing this forever, but her show is killing it. So we love Rachel. Misunderstood with Rachel. You could tell everybody, but what do you, like, what do you think is the biggest misconception about you, Lindsay, the family, like just out of every, just overall top line, like, what do you think people have just so wrong? And they have a lot of things wrong, but what do you think is yeah, like the did. overarching? David, I don't know that I could pick just one thing. Just that, you know, we're just, we're good people and we care about other people. We're not like, we're, you know, I, I know we're not the Hollywood type. We really aren't. You're I not. Mean, I know I'm not. I know that that Lindsay, Lindsay's far from it. My, look at Michael isn't. Cody's out of the picture. Um, no, we're not. We don't fit into that mold. We really don't. Did we at one time, did we get sucked in? Yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of hard not to get sucked in, especially when, if Lindsay was an adult when it happened, no, then there's no excuse. But when your kid, when when your kid is a kid and she becomes so famous so quickly, it's hard not to get sucked in and be part of that, that whole environment because you have to be there for your child. I didn't like being there all the time. Did I go to premieres and stuff? Yeah, I was proud of my daughter, but I wasn't there all the time doing all that other nonsense. I didn't really care for it but that's that's probably the misconception the biggest misconception is we're not really hollywood we're not you're nice long islanders at heart hey listen i come from the most down-to-earth family and successful businessmen business family you'll ever meet in your life and no one knows it but they are wonderful humble people my sister carrie my brother scott my cousin craig my sister Kim, her husband, they're just wonderful. My sister, sister-in-law Karen, just wonderful, wonderful people. And they have they have a ton of success in their, their life. And they're, guess what? They're happier than anybody because they're not involved in this whole melee of Hollywood. I agree. I do this job. I have such a different perspective myself from doing this for four years and speaking to just everyone. I mean, it's none of it matters. You know, that's for me, it's just all about the work. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to go to anything. I mean, I get invited to things all the time. Sometimes I go, but I'm happy to never go to anything, honestly. No, I know. And that's, I, I admire that. But the sad part is like for my, for my, my family, my brothers and sisters and their kids, when all the nonsense was put out there about, about us and when things happened with us, with Dean and myself, Lindsay or whatever, or even Kate, they always felt the ramifications too, because it was like to my my brother, look for what's going on with your brother, with your niece, or whatever, or your you know your sister in law, and they always felt the the ramifications. So people really have to be careful when they're in that limelight or in the public eye. You know, it's not only them getting affected, but it's their family too. And my family was, you know, they had to go through some crap. My 
God rest my mom and my dad, they're, they're, God rest their souls. But, you know, they felt the, the, the brunt of it, too. They didn't want to see their kids put in the limelight and the things that, that were said about us. But, you know, it's it's part, of the, it's part of that lifestyle. It is part of that lifestyle. Well, listen, thank you. I hope to meet you in person with Rachel, either in New York, you Florida, are. wherever. But I really appreciate your time. You have my number now. So, I mean, thank you for That's just good. being so open and covering it all. And thank you for taking an hour. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Keep in touch. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Bye. Let's go to baseball. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.